is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Blowing out of the backfield, exploding down the sideline. This is Hanging with the Boys, broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Now, your host, Nate Newton. Kurt Daniels and Shannon Gross. Tuesday. Tuesday. Kurt, you're back. Glad to see you can make it. I did make it. I didn't think you would. I was running a little bit late, but I did make it. There's no way in hell I'm missing today's show. Exactly. No way I'm. Why you all mad over there? No, man. Because Frowny McFrownerton. No, I'm I'm, I'm getting an idea, man. You started to be like your boss, man. What? When we have a guest on, you're definitely going to make it, man. Oh, you're damn right. Especially this guy. It's one of my favorite guys in the building. What's wow. up with all these cords? Thank <laughs> God, by the way. Keep throwing- <laughs> we're having technical difficulties, which for the listeners is a great thing because Douglas, well, no, they can still hear him. I don't yeah, because they're going to yeah, call in. So. That's true. Yeah, Doug- they can hear me, Shannon. Oh. But every time you talk to us, get they hear you. Together. Get my bleep together. All right, let's get to it because this is a busy man in this building. You guys got issues back here, don't you? Oh, God, you have no idea. This is just the beginning. This is a good day. This is a good day starting out, believe that. (laughs) We would like to welcome to the show, let me make sure I get this right, the Assistant Director of College Scouting. Correct. Chris Hall. How are you, man? It's been a while. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's been a few months. Yeah. Keeping very busy this time of year. Is this your busy? What's the busiest time of year for you? It's always busy with mm-hmm. what we do, believe it or not. It's just a different part of the process, uh, depending on what, what time of the year it is. Uh, once college football gets going, we're going full speed until the draft. So it just changes gears on, on how we're attacking it, basically, depending on what time of the year it is. How many guys do you do you have that kind of roll up underneath you? We, we basically have uh, – Six area scouts that are on the road full time, three more over the top guys, and a director. And then I get out a little bit too. So there's 11 of us that are on the road. You know, once we break out of training camp in August until more or less after Thanksgiving is when we kind of wrap up our our fall tour, if you will. As mm-hmm. long as they're playing college football, we're out there checking things out and uh, getting information, watching practices, talking to coaches, strength coaches, trainers gathering as much intel as we can during the fall, and uh, we start breaking our list down uh, once we get into December. So it has, you haven't quite started narrowing the things down yet as far as guys you're looking at? Not not yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're still kind of painting with a big, broad stroke right now, and uh, once we get everybody off the road, we have some meetings in December after our combine meetings that we belong to, and we kind of start uh, really starting. That's our first narrowing of the list and diving into who we're going to be spending more time really really putting under the microscope as we get into the spring nice nice well, what, one of the reasons i wanted to have chris on today was yeah thanks kurt yeah sure for having chris, chris <laughs> thanks on. for having me kurt. Oh, thanks for coming on um was there was so much debate and uh concern about giving up a number one pick for uh, amari cooper i was just interested from a scouting now wait standpoint. before you before okay. you get further down this line uh-huh. did you prep chris on what you were going to yeah. ask him or are you blindsiding him because no. <laughs> we know how you like to blindside no, folks no, no, okay no. all right no, I gave him a little heads up for oh, sure. But okay. just from the – I know you can't get real specific on details, but just overall, how did scouting fit into this that you say – you because know, giving up a number one is a hard thing to do. I mean, how did, how did this fit into 
to the process? Sure. You know, my part of the process being the college guy isn't isn't a whole lot in depth with when we're making personnel moves on the pro level and everything. That's that's more our pro department and Will McClay, of course, spearheads all that. But, you know, on the back end of it, we, we really, really spent a lot of time dissecting all the mechanics of this move. And obviously you never, ever like to give up a first-round pick and sit there idle on Thursday night of the draft while, you know, 31 other teams are getting better with a top player. Um, but that being said, the opportunity to acquire a player of Amari's talent, who was the fourth overall pick in the draft just a few years ago and has been to Pro Bowls and has the pedigree that he's got, you got to really look at that hard. And and when you look and see that he's still under a pretty good contract number for one more year, uh, there, there's a lot of positives about acquiring a player like that, even with the sacrifice of giving up a high pick like that. And, you know, I think you can see right off the bat, Amari's had a great impact on our team here in the couple of weeks that he's been here. And we certainly expect uh, that to continue, not just this year, but into next year as we make a decision on whether to extend him or not. Was there a lot of debate about giving up that number one? I think there's always debate about that. Anytime you're giving up a draft pick, whether it's a number one or a number six or a seven, you're still it's it's a potential asset of the future that you're that you're giving up for for something that you hope can help now and in the future. So you know you always really go through it very thoroughly as to what the what are what are we passing on by doing this and. You know, it wasn't just getting Amari, but it was looking at what might be available next spring in the receiver crop. Mm -hmm. And not just the receiver crop, but, I mean, overall, because it's not just we're going to take a receiver next year with our first pick. I mean, we got a lot of debate whether we made the right move with Leighton Vander Ash or Calvin Ridley here. Mm -hmm. You know, that was always a big debate, too. And you look at it, and Ridley and Amari are almost the same age, but Amari's got a lot of pro experience right now going for him. So we can have – have it in and out about why it was a good trade or a bad trade or it was the one too much or it should have been a two and what were other teams offering but for us we felt like it was a good deal you know to make that deal to make our football team better and in the future yeah. the way i've looked at it is we got our number one pick now i mean yeah because we weren't gonna there went the way at least the impression i got from scouting and what i read was he, he, that kind of talent wasn't going to be available next year. Certainly. And 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 the people that like the trade, that's how they look at it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and you know what? And you know, we'll see we'll see the good or the bad of this trade down the road. And I think we got you know, beat up a little bit by some trades in the past that didn't work out as well as we hoped they would with receivers and number 1 picks. But it's not fair to judge Amari in this trade by by what did or didn't work out with with Roy Williams or Joey Galloway mm-hmm. or things we did in the past. And you're you're on the college side, but how much how much are you involved in when when it comes to getting a player that's currently in the league and it comes to the mixture of kind of the college side, which is the draft and the players that are available to evaluate and the talent on the pro side. Is that a completely different set yeah, of guys? That, that's out of my jurisdiction. That's our pro guys that really work through that and they do a great job of of studying tape and looking at what's available and anything. You know, on a trade something like that, I might get a hey, what what's the receiver class look like coming up in this in this current draft or how many are there true starting quarterbacks coming up in this draft or you know, just a little bit of look at what we think is coming coming down the pipe. Mm-hmm. And the hard part about that is you don't even know who all these juniors that are going to be in the draft. I mean, there were there were almost a hundred of them that entered last year, mm-hmm. and we had 
a good majority of them identified, but then there were some late to the party guys that, you know, make the draft a little stronger too, that you, you don't know until you get into January. Now the real question is now that we don't have a, a number one at, at this point, does this make you, you you have to really, really dig down? And I, I know you're going to still look at potential first-rounders because you can always move back no in. No question. But now that second that second pick becomes becomes our first pick. And so now does it make you uh, just reset yourself? You know, uh, do you keep down the same road, do the same process? I think you really keep down the same process because you, you never know how the draft is going to play out. Mm -hmm. um, you never know who's going to – we may end up with a first-round pick somehow, some way again, or we may end up with a third-round pick. Right, or right. you still have to evaluate the guys and give them the same – the same work rate, the same load as, as you would if you had all your picks anyway. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're apt to move up and down that board, as everybody knows throughout the years, uh, how we've done that. We've probably been a little more conservative the last few years compared to some of the horse trading that we did in the past. Mm -hmm. But you still have to be prepared for anything. You could wake up and all of a sudden somebody's calling and offering you the fifth pick in the draft, and it looks like it's a pretty good deal and and you like somebody there so you've got to be ready for that what's the you brought that up somebody offers you a pick what's the dynamic on draft day when you're you're in the war room and you're in there and, and i'm sure sometimes you're just kind of sitting back and you're waiting and you're watching kind of like most people but then sometimes the phones might heat up what's the dynamic like when someone does call and and offers a pick do they how does that conversation work? Is it, hey, we're thinking about moving? Are you guys interested? Or is it, hey, we're willing to give this up to get this? How does that, how does that work? It's different with each team that you deal mm -hmm. with. Some of them are very straightforward with you. Some of them will come out fishing to see what they might be able to get out of you. You know, everybody's – you're trying to win the trade whenever yeah. a trade comes up. You know, there's all these different point charts and – Way back in the day, we originated that point chart, and then there became an alternate chart, and there was about six or seven different charts that go around now. And, you know, who really knows who wins? The, you know, at the end of the day, if you get what you want and you feel good about it. You won. Th then you won. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, who cares if you lost 30 points or they beat you by, or, you know, did, did you make a good trade that you feel good about? Yeah, to help your team win. Yeah, exactly. And we were talking also a little bit before about how young this team is. That's got to be I mean, more pressure than ever now in the way this game's running to bring guys up to the draft, I would think. It is, and, and that's where you see and feel the importance of the salary cap and being able to manage your contracts. Um, and when you've got younger guys, uh, you know, it, it's cheaper labor. Yeah. Would you uh, say the youngest starter is right now? For our team? Yeah. Who is it right now, the youngest starter? It's Cole Beasley. I mean, not the oldest starter. Oh, the Sorry. oldest. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, we don't have a 30-year-old starter on our team. Sean was the oldest starter, and with him being yeah. down, we don't have anybody that's over 30 other I, than LP. And I think that's the first time in Cowboys history. Really? They've been a starter. I don't have the, I haven't done the I total research. I think Cole's the oldest player yeah. on our that offense is, right That is now. insane. We've never had, no team in the history of the Cowboys has had a. Yeah, they showed a, a graphic. I caught it whenever I was in the photography room. Showed a graphic that the core defensive unit, there's one guy that has ever played a game anywhere else for us, and that's Antoine Woods, and he played one game for Tennessee, and everybody else has been with the Cowboys <laughs> the rest of their career, which is 
crazy if you think about it. Yeah. I know. like to think we're doing our job. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's the case. Right. <laughs> Speaking of, what it, what's kind of the buzz with you guys on on Vanderesh? Because obviously, there's always when you're kind of in the middle of the draft or kind of lower in the first round. There's always, well, you could have picked this guy. You should have picked this guy. How you guys feel about Vanderesh and the way he? I know the fans are super excited about him, and he's just been playing kind of out of his mind lately. What's yeah, I mean, Leighton's had a great run here lately, and, and especially since he's had to step up and, and play a lot more snaps with Sean being down. And you know, he's he's very quickly become the player that we thought he could that we thought he could be. Mm-hmm. And you know, with an interception this week, and did I mean, you think he would be there this fast though? Um, we. We didn't think we would have to have him this fast. I yeah. mean, obviously, with with him and Jalen, with with Sean and Jalen, we needed some more insurance back there. Damian's mm-hmm. a great linebacker too, and and we brought in some free agent stuff that that's helped too. With Joe Thomas, you know, and he's been out, and people kind of forget about him. But yeah. Joe, Joe's a pretty good ball player too. Um, but the fact that Leighton has jumped in and played all these snaps and played at a high level and we haven't dropped off and we've got him and Jalen running to the ball and making plays. There are two leading tacklers to have Leighton as our leading tackler on the team right now. And he, he was split in time the first few weeks of the season. I mean, that says a lot about him and, and he's making big plays for us too. Mm-hmm. I mean, two huge plays the other night in the game that you could really argue were the catalyst, the interception to start the game. And then that play he made, uh, on that uh, screen pass at the end of the game that got us off the field. I mean, that was that was a big, big play. Yeah. Huge. Why, why are you so quiet, Nate? Because y'all are asking the right questions. Do you know Do you know our friend Nate Newton? <laughs> I am yeah. very familiar with we, Nate. We usually have to introduce Kurt on the show, but today we're going to have to introduce Nate. No, no, no. You're a great question. I mean, he's coming with everything proper way, and the only thing I needed to know about it was how they was going to do this process, knowing that we may not have number yeah. one. And so when they answered that right there, I mean, that, you know, just y'all asking all the things I think the fans would want to know. So hats off to you. Are you as excited for the draft now that we don't have a number one? Yeah, I mean, you are. You're still always excited for it. I mean, because you're still building your team. Yeah. And, and you're going to get good players. And, you know, everybody throws these grades on your draft afterwards. But I promise you there's 32 war, war rooms when they walk out of there. They all think they made their football <laughs> right. team better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But somebody's going to get an F and somebody's going to get a D plus and all that nonsense. But you don't know what your draft is until a few years down the road anyway. What's the biggest the biggest change over the years as far as draft? With all the new technology and the new, you know, you, you guys have that big, huge video touch screen and that's cool. But as far as like evaluating talent, has that changed much? I know technology has and stats and all that, but do you guys still kind of go through the like you used to back in the old days? The the bottom line is you're evaluating football players playing football. And you you try not to let all the 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 combine numbers and the pro day workouts take you too far away from what the guy did in the fall. Mm Because at the end of the day, that's his real resume. That tells you what kind of football player he is. And the guts of it is always going to be that. It's, It's watching game film. It's dissecting that and putting that together. We've got all these other things that, that help us 
dig into what the player is and, and analytics has obviously become a huge part of, of pro football, pro sports period. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we've, we've upped our analytics department this past year. We've added a couple people back there and there's, there's more things to look at and it's a part of the puzzle. It's not the answer. Just mm -hmm. like, you know, there's all these different parts that go into it, who the player is, who the person is, but you got to put all that together and then come up with who you feel is the best guy to help your football team continue to win football games. So what you're saying, if analytics meet eye, contact, eye, eye appraisal, then you got something going. You feel a little bit better about yeah. it. You know, when the numbers and the eyeballs match up, yeah. then you, you feel like, okay, everything's pointing us in this direction, you know, and that, yeah. that's when you really feel good about your pick. Put you on the spot a little bit. Is there a is there a a favorite draft story that you have, or a favorite post draft story, or war room story that you can share with us? That's or something that you remember on a draft day that was like that was kind of unique or funny or pulled the curtain back a little bit. You may not be able to tell anything. Well, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of funny ones that have happened in there <laughs> over the years, obviously, but you know some some that'll never come out of the vault and, and others that, that I've probably shared before. But you know, I mean. The I, one of my favorite ones about uh, with with Jerry was back in the the year that we took Roy Williams, and it, we seemed to cause just a boatload of chaos up there in New York Safety. at the draft when uh, it looked like we passed on the pick. But Jerry was actually talking to three different people. You know, I say Jerry, but the whole room was working three different people. We had we had the Chiefs in the mix, the Jaguars in the mix, and the Vikings in the mix, and. We, the long story short is we ended up getting the Viking. Jerry ended up getting the Vikings personnel guy to tell them who tell him who they were going to pick. So we knew it wasn't Roy Williams, and Jacksonville was kind of hanging in the background. They were kind of wasting our time, but we we ended up making a deal with Kansas City, and we got an extra sixth round pick out of them. I think because we knew who they were going to take too, and ne neither one of them were going to take the guy we wanted, which was Roy. Mm -hmm. So we knew we had the deal and it was just a matter of getting the most out of the deal. And he really manipulated it marvelously, but it took it to the last second and people thought we passed on the pick. So then I forget which team they tried to run their pick up there. And there were two cards in there at the same time. And the poor TV commentators had no idea what was going on, <laughs> but we'd actually traded the pick and we ended up getting Roy who, you know, we would have taken if we stood there with the sixth pick, but we got him with the eighth pick and we actually picked up some extra draft picks along the way with it. And, and Jerry worked it magnificently that year. Man, I bet that, that is, is fun to be oh, in that room yeah. and all that wheeling and dealings going on yeah. and, Oh, I bet that's cool. It's crazy. It is. There, there's a, it's kind of our game day, you know, yeah, for yeah. personnel guys and scouts, and and you just kind of, it's fun to watch it unfold, and you you get, you know, disappointed when guys you like go off the board, yeah. and you kind of watch and then, the guys. And, you and then they want. got, and then they got to come up with, oh, we got every guy we wanted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, the draft went perfect. We got everybody we wanted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Been to any concerts lately? Uh, Stone Kurt, I, I did go see Ozzy on his last little did you here, and it was it was entertaining yeah. for a old seventy year old guy still throwing buckets of water. On the <laughs> I cannot believe that guy still Put a show together. Oh, still it's amazing, going. he's alive. Well, yeah, <laughs> for sure. We were uh, debating whether we should see Kiss's final tour. 
Oh yeah, they're rolling through here, yeah, aren't they? They're going to the man. American- them old tongues uh-huh. coming out of there. <laughs> they're going to be at the AEC, right? I think so. Let me know if y'all go. I may be down I, with that. You know, I was never a big Kiss fan, but it's one of those things. Like, feel get, like maybe I should. You need to go see. To go I've see. seen them twice. I think I'm not a huge fan, but mm-hmm. of their music's not that great. But just the theatrics is pretty cool. So, so let me know if y'all go now <laughs> that Gil Brandt's in the Ring of Honor. Does the entire scouting department feel like a path has now been opened for you in the future? <laughs> Are we going to see Chris Hall oh, in the Ring of Honor anytime no, soon? Oh, you don't even think about stuff like that, man. You're just trying to help this team get better. And uh, that is a great honor for Gil and much deserved. Uh, you know, he's he's done so much for, for not just the Cowboys, but the game of football and college football. And and the things people don't even know about what he's done behind the scenes is uh, he's had a, a fabulous career and it's great to see him get rewarded with the ring of honor and and have the opportunity hopefully to get a, a gold jacket along the way too as 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 that comes out in the spring well awesome chris thank you so much for taking time out it's always fun we always say we're going to have you on more often but kurt doesn't agree with us so he only invites you about every six months you know he has to come in and deal with our insanity i don't want to beat him down too much trust me i live in plenty of insanity upstairs (laughs) well we appreciate it man hopefully we'll have you on sooner next time and troy aikman had some interesting comments today he did we'll talk about that next don't hang it with the boys A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Back to hanging with the boys. Back. Kurt, it's good to have you back, it's too. It's good to be back. I'm sorry I missed you guys yesterday. Yeah. How's the youngin'? He's still dragging, still dragging. Did not get beat up by a Phillies Eagles fan. Thank you very much. <laughs> Somebody listened to the show God. yesterday. I had one <laughs> listener yesterday. Yeah, you got one. He got said, one. you know... I heard what happened. They said, man, the Philly fan beat up his son. 
He said, well, I'm going to call my dad. I'm going to tell him I'm sick. And nah, my dad Your son's the biggest kid in his class. He's gonna, <laughs> is he really? He better bring I mean, they triple teamed <laughs> They eagled it. <laughs> All right. Uh, in football, often the quickest plays mixed with some good old-fashioned ingenuity are the key to winning, kind of like Tommy John's horizontal quick draw fly. It's the most intuitive, simple, and speedy feature that other underwear brands just don't have. Shop exclusively. Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. I'm going to tell you what you need to do tonight. Ooh. If you don't have anything, if you don't have anything going on from six to seven and you want to see some fireworks, Ooh, fireworks. tune in to happy hour because we have myself and Nate, of course, of course, the two staples on the show. Yeah. Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, and Mickey Spagnola. Oh, yeah. This, this is going to oh, be. Yeah. Bringing out the heavy hitters. Man, this is going to be some very opinionated. <laughs> oh, grumpy yeah. Grumpy old men. Grumpy old men. We're going to call it the grumpy old men hour. That's what <laughs> we're going to do tonight. Perfect. That's, woo, that's going to be. Now get the you know what? Out. I am so glad. I'm extra glad we won now because if we wouldn't have won, <laughs> woo, this is nice. going to be good. Nice. So tune in. We'll be broadcasting live from Concrete Cowboy out here at the Star or stop by and see us. Come see us. Have a beer with us. Check out the grumpy old men. Check out these grumpy old men. So, Kurt, we didn't get to talk to you yesterday. What did you think about the game? I was very surprised but very glad, very happy about that. That was nice. It was yeah. good to see. again. Once again, we saw what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. And now it's let's do it again. What, what do you think they did right this fed, game? Fed Zeke. Stuck with it? Stuck with it, which we've seen him go away from him over and over again. And it was nice to... I don't know if uh, the line change there at left guard made a difference, but uh, I mean Philly obviously has a tough line. They got their shots in, but to see Zeke do what he did, what he did with through that play calling and his the execution, man, that was great to see. They're showing the replay right now as we speak on the NFL Network. So Nate, Kurt gave me a stat here. I want to get your opinion on this. Sunday marked the fifth time Zeke's rushed for 150 yards in his career. In the previous four times, he did not crack 100 yards the next time out. Is that just coincidence, or is that he takes such a beating when you run for that many yards that that you need to – you're still recovering? I don't, I don't know why is that, but I, I know one thing. He should be able to do this against Atlanta. Atlanta defense isn't that great. Now, they're going to stack the box, but, Kurt, I, th- I think you noticed they threw that ball this week. Yeah. They threw yeah. it, what, 31, 39 times? Yeah, that's, that's the they one. They threw the ball this week, yeah. 36 times. They, and that – that is so nice to know that, you know, everybody's uh, on the spot and they're trying to figure out, can this quarterback truly be our quarterback? And it, it was just nice for him to drop back and throw the ball and make some connections. I, I liked it. I liked that part of the game. Yeah. That was one Very thing. Very much so. In looking at the, the numbers for Zeke, I mean, he only carried the ball 19 times. I mean, that was mm-hmm. – you look at those previous games where he had 150 – uh, you know, it was 28, 23, 33, 25 rushes. So you'd hope that – I think overall he had 25 touches, counting the six uh, catches he had. So he maybe didn't take the same punishment this time around, which would hopefully lead to, um, you know, not wearing out or whatever. Yeah. If, that, again, if that makes a difference. Or not. You know what? I don't think that should make a difference. No. I mean, not not at this point in his career, and not especially since he hasn't – it ain't like he's been toting the ball 30 times a game. He should be – Fresh and ready to go against Atlanta. I mean, the weather's not going to be a factor. It's inside. 
Uh, he's he hasn't told told uh, he hasn't uh, ran the ball a whole lot this season. So mm-hmm. offensive line uh, got some momentum. Uh, quarterback got some momentum. We should we should uh, we should open the floodgates, man. It shouldn't be no uh, play that we shouldn't be able to call inside Atlanta Falcons uh, bird nest, uh, bird cage, whatever. <laughs> Speaking it is. of play calling. They played a clip, and I don't remember which radio station it was on. It was on one here in the Dallas area this morning when I was driving into work. And they, the Eagles, if you think this is the only team that the fan base questions the play calling in the media, you're wrong. Because they were asking Carson Wentz after the game in the locker room the same questions that they have here locally. And one of the reporters asked him, Hey, does it is something roundabout way of does it you do, do you think there's you know a reason why you know it seemed like they knew what plays you were calling before the plays were called and blah 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 and he was like is that a question and then he came back with a follow up <laughs> like you know basically the play calling is very predictable and he wow. said yeah that's a good observation and that oh, was really? basically it was. So they huh? yeah, well, they're basically asking them the same thing. It, you do this on first down, you do this on second down. It's very predictable. So apparently, we're not the only team that's fan base questions the offensive play calling yeah. after a loss. You know, everything's great. You can have the same game plan and win a game and go into the same thing and lose a game, right. and it you know there's an issue after a loss. That so. Super Bowl honeymoon's over, and that's why. Yeah. I, and that's why I don't. That's why I don't ride the create creativity train. Yeah. You know, because did you, did you feel like they opened it up more in that game? Yeah, because one, because of two, because of three people played better, and, and you know, well, the offensive line as a whole, I think, played a little mm-hmm. bit better. I knew our quarterback threw the ball much better, and Amari Cooper made them play honest. Amari Cooper makes you when 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 Mister Hearns have to can. Uh, can see a second, a third, or fourth corner when 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 Cole can have that same ability to see that second or third corner. They better than second or third corner, so they go. They routes are crisper and better now. It, 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 Dak is seeing what it, it what it's all about to have a clear field. When when most times before teams just drop back in the zone. If, you, if that man come in his zone, they take him. Yeah. You know, uh, or they play straight up man and blitzes. Bring two or three extra men because they like we'll beat the route. So now you got Amari standing out there, and it ain't happening that way. One one thing I don't think nobody noticed is they said, "Oh man, look how crisp his routes is." But you say, "Do you ever say, man, look how fast his routes?" I was gonna are? say he <laughs> if once him and Dak get that timing that that one he yeah. one he was wide open on right. that and then the other one whenever he missed him in the corner of the end zone he had probably what three steps on yeah. that guy and if Dak would have just put it backed it off a little bit so if they get that timing going man yeah. I think he showed you this game like what he's capable of doing and, and you what keep he brings. Yeah. what he brings and and he it sounds like talking to some of the guys he makes this offense better because uh, these guys step up these guys are like okay this honest, guy's man. do this guy's doing makes, this on over yes. there on that side I got to do what I got to do to get my job done and like you said it it keeps the defense at bay yeah because this is this is a guy that can take it to the house him and Zeke may be your only two guys that that can actually break a game open by themselves in, in this league man defensive coordinators would take liberty 
with you if you don't make them act right. Just like a little small child, they will take liberties <laughs> until you spank that behind. Yeah. And when you spank that behind, well, I know you, I ain't supposed to say it. I'm sorry. Well, y'all put them in the corner and have them do timeouts. I'm sorry. In my house, you get whooped up. <laughs> Kurt, did you I get was, butt whoopings when you was a kid? Uh, yeah, I did. It wasn't a regular thing, but it, it did happen. Yeah? So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just wondering. I was impressed. What kind of impressed me about that game, too, was Prescott. I mean, he was – bad to start out with i mean mm-hmm. he missed some throws he took some sacks the first half he got sacked three times and we've seen him when that happens you know his line was a mess that he just he can't recover and he recovered in this game he came back he drove him that fourth quarter he was outstanding i thought and led a couple drives i mean i just laugh man because it's all about trust we like trust yeah he, he trusts his offensive line he trusts his receivers now we get to see you know, now he let it go and don't panic as bad. Before he was letting it go, like, oh, is he going to be there? And, and you know, and it makes people mad. It makes people upset. But everybody ain't the same talent level. You know, like I thought I was a big hot dog offensive lineman. Then here come, here come Eric Williams. Here come Larry Allen. <laughs> you, you'd be like, wow, don't, don't get mad. Get better. Yeah. Don't get upset. Get better. You know, it's called it's called friendly fire, baby, within your own camp. We need that on the wall around here. What's that? Don't get mad, get better. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to the lunchroom tomorrow, and that's on the TVs in there? Yeah. That'd be awesome. You and Fish Killer done put it up. <laughs> Fish Killer. So, Kurt. <laughs> yes, sir. Troy Eggman had some words today on a local radio station. I don't know which one, but. Yeah, he was on the, one of the local sports talk shows, and, and he said, uh, what was the exact quote here? Right now, if I had to pick someone, I'd pick Dallas to win the NFC East, which uh, kind of shocked some people because last week he was talking about the organization was kind of needing some help. But his view, and I wanted to get your opinion on it, was, you know, it all depends on these next three games. You've got to win these next three games. If you go into the Saints game at 6-4, and four, even if you've dropped that one, your last three games are against pretty easy opponents. Mm-hmm. And so they've kind of they've got themselves back in the race, I, I think, in some ways. So you're at the Falcons. Yep, which they just got thumped by the Browns. Got the Redskins at home. Who are banged up. Saints at home. That's the one. you got. You got to be – I think you have to win these next two. Eagles at home. Which you've proven you can beat them and at, at the, home. At the Colts. In the last three or Bucks, Bucks at home. And then Giants. Them Jays and the Giants. Colts done found themselves. Think so? Colts a better team. And I ain't never counting out that quarterback. I ain't never counting him out. Yeah. Look. I've seen him be down by 20 points going into the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden they win. Yeah. So you got to, you got to punch them out. You, you, if, you do know. you think the playoff hope's right on these next two games? Uh, I I think having a good season right on these next two games. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know – uh, yeah, it's just hard for me to discount Washington. It, they are doing it. They are doing it how we thought we would be doing it, being gritty, tough, yeah. tough mm-hmm. and determined. They're just they so are doing it up. like that. Yeah, but you know what? They banged up on the offensive line, and right. they got a, and they got a great offensive line coach. He will find a way to get them guys through that game. Yeah. Have you had a chance to watch Washington's offensive line with the backups in? Uh, just a little bit, not much. I didn't, I didn't watch a lot of that game because I was like, these dudes are going to miss right here and win. From our perspective, <laughs> we hope that they don't play well with those guys, but 
I guess we'll see. Well, they only put, what, 16 points up this week. Yeah, and they gave up 400 and 500 yards of offense. So they just couldn't score. Couldn't score. So I don't. What well, counts? Yeah, <laughs> right. I don't. Know, I just like where they're at now. Maybe I'm on, riding this. I'm on this love roller coaster, as you called it yesterday. Yeah, where uh, I'm feeling good right now, and and I think these next two games are very winnable. And then you just you deal with the Saints, and then you you know you if, got four games. You you think you can? Bring I home. will feel a lot better about it Sunday if you're able to win two games in a row, and you win them both on the road. I knew. I knew yesterday. The way you were talking, <laughs> that you was not all in on the Dallas Cowboys. I could tell by the I'm way not, you were He talking. hasn't canceled his Mexico trip. Man, man, this dude not, is something I am else, man. I'm not all in. I won't be all we're in. We're not taking calls today because you just affected the whole phone line. <laughs> Do this, I? This, man, read another uh, thing, man. Come on, I'm not man. all in. You know why I'm not all in? Why, why are you not all in? I'm not 500 yet for one. Let me, let me tell you why. You lost at the Panthers, right? Okay. You won You won against the Giants at home. Mm-hmm. You lost against the Seahawks in Seattle. Mm-hmm. You won against Detroit at home. Mm-hmm. You lost against the Texans yes. in Houston. You won at home against Jacksonville. We did. You lost on the road against the Redskins. We did. You won at home against the Titans. We did. No, you lost. We lost. You won on the road against the Eagles. That's so right. guess what this means? You're going to lose on the road against the Falcons because <laughs> you haven't put two wins together. And every time yeah. this team wins, it looks like what we think it should look like, but then it doesn't for two or three weeks. Right. So win on the road in Atlanta, and then but I, I, yeah. I feel a lot better. I, I like it. I think they, I'm hoping that they've turned a corner because of Mari Cooper and – I hate to say it, but maybe you've got an experienced left guard in there that I don't know how big a difference you know, he can make. You know, I would but. love nothing better than at the end of this season to be like, you know what? J- Jerry told us so. <laughs> they went out and got Amari Cooper. They told you you're, that's your quarterback. They yeah. t- told you that that's their coach. They told you so, and we go on a run, and we win two or three or four playoff games, and I don't get to go to Mexico. I hope that happens. But start (laughs) this week. You already started last week. Keep it going. Let's go to Atlanta and and beat them dirty birds. Who you calling? (laughs) Nate's calling somebody. Hey, 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 Derek. Derek Eagle, <laughs> can you move me back on the show with Mickey and put oh, Broadus over here? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, he's tired of it. That's Talk fine. Show. Show. There's a call. That's fine. You'll be on the show with Mickey tonight, and you can tell him. You yeah, tell him you want to switch places with Broadus. We'll put Broadus over here, man. We y'all got expert analogy what? on how not to win. How can you feel good about them going to Atlanta when they haven't won back-to-back games yet, and they haven't been good on the road? Okay. Been a while since Let me ask you this right here. Is Atlanta six? Has Atlanta won seven games? They're four and five also. Has Atlanta won six games? Nope. Has Atlanta won four games? Yes. Huh? Atlanta's four and five. Right. And what is the Cowboys? Four and five. So I think this game's winnable. I think they're. I didn't say it's not winnable. I said, show me. Let's go win it. So go win it, and I will come in here on Monday, and I will be like, I feel good about this team, unless it's ugly and we win it. Ten to six. No, or something wins like a that. win, baby. Got it going to wow, Atlanta. Wow, you see the all, these, all these. Then I'll have a butt. You then see I'll, all of these. Then I'll wins? tell you my yeah. butt. No, no, you see all win. of that, man. You see that, Doug? You see that, Doug? I do, and I'm going to take this opportunity. Let's go to the phone since I can't whisper in Shannon's ear right now. 
Okay, take it to and the phones, Dougie. I, we've got this guy. I don't want to leave him on hold forever, but it is. He better come correct. If he come like Shannon, he's going to get cut off. New York City. Who this? James. James, James you better come up? correct, bro. I always come correct, Nick. Don't uh, worry about me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Shannon, no, I'm not any Nate, man. They got to win this game. Cause hey, hey, thank Doug. No, thank you. Thank you. No, bro, Doug, cut this cat off you right know, now. No, gotta, I'm not going to let him you, talk, You got to show me I'm not going to let him. No, go ahead on, man. Go ahead on. What you got to say? I was going to say this. My thoughts on the game on Sunday were this. One is, I don't want to hear anybody poo-pooing first-round picks and saying, oh, they're like late in the first round. When you get a guy like Van Der Esch, that guy is a monster. I, to me, that's the next great player we have on our team. I, and then I was really super impressed by that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we finally got a guy that can, you know, replace Sean Lee because if we didn't have him on this team, I mean, I don't know what that defense would have looked like. Probably would have lost a bunch of these games already. Um, as far as their game plan, you know, you guys were talking a little bit about before. It was obvious. If you guys follow the game, they back through the ball 35 times. Okay, so take out the few sacks, about 32 passes were out there. 15 of them were play action. That's why they win. Okay, when they play action and pass, and seven of them either went for first downs or touchdowns. Okay, that's how this team has got to play offense. Okay, because they were play action on first down, they were getting chunks. Okay, and it set them up. Um, even if they weren't chunk plays, like second and three, second and two, you know those kind of third and three. That's all bread and butter. You know, uh, and that to me was one of the biggest uh, takes I took from the guy. I thought I thought the coaching staff did a really good job of prepping, you know, for this game and really played an aggressive game plan. You know, I felt like going for it, even though the, there was a penalty on the point. I like that. You know, they played they played desperate, and that's the way they had to play in Atlanta if they want to win this game coming up. Yep. I, I agree with everything you said. You're desperate. Desperate ain't gonna, Desperate only works one or two times a year. Desperate only works one or two times. You got to be – see, this is this is what you got to make a decision on. Either you think the Cowboys are good enough because they have a team that is good enough, or they don't. It ain't going to cut – desperate, you can't – you get desperate one or two times a year. And and, and then it becomes, well, are you good enough physically and mentally to win games? Well, Nick, can I ask you a question? Uh huh. Okay. They're two. They're two games back of the Redskins right now. Yes. Okay. If if let's if they beat Atlanta, even if even if the even if the Redskins win, okay, we'll only be one back with a win on Thanksgiving. Yeah. If they lose, okay, even if they don't lose, this even if the Redskins lose against the Texans, they're still two games back, and then you mm-hmm. got the Saints coming up. They right. have to be desperate in that game because you've got to play. Brother, I understand. I understand the word. I understand the word. Sound good, but if you ain't good enough physically and mentally, desperate won't get you there. All desperate to get you is trampled, running out of a house, burning on fire. That's all we get <laughs> you. How can you trust this team? I mean, I'm looking. At uh, no, no, no. You, at. you, you trusted uh, emotions. Do you think they're good enough physically? And mentally to win, and if you yes, bleed at their physical, go ahead on. I'm sorry. They're, I'm sorry. They're, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt, but I'm saying yes, they are physical because Atlanta up front can't handle us if we're on our game. Okay, they have a ton of injuries. Right. Okay, and I think right. defensively, you know, listen, Julio's going to make some plays. You know, Calvin Ridley's probably going to make some plays, but I think our defense can make enough plays where we can keep them within 24 or less. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, but we have to run the ball and do our thing and continue right. to do the things that are successful. 
But my, my thing is, though, the coaching staff has to go in there saying, we cannot lose this game in Atlanta. If they lose, it's over, Nate. It's yeah, over. Uh, yeah, okay, no- well, okay, I understand that. I understand that. I understand that. You know, thank you for calling. Thanks for the call, yeah. James. <laughs> yeah. Love you, mate. Love you, guys. Love you. But, see, one thing that, you know, when I dealt with Coach Landry and I dealt with Coach Johnson, and – you know, when you say desperate, this is what I look at. Okay, I look at Kansas City, and I may look at uh, Steelers. Now, Steelers done maybe lost two, and they desperate. Okay, well, when you look at the Steelers, do you question them offensively? You know they have the skill set and the ability. So they, 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 they desperation – it's different than our desperation because if we got Kansas City and we done lost two and we looking at Kansas City, you can be as desperate as you want to be. All Kansas City has come out and play uh, play a non penalized game. We we whooped. Mm-hmm. So when you when you go to Holland, it's desperate. That that all that sounds good because it's it's nothing but words. But can you physically knock me down and repeatedly knock me down and can I repeatedly get up? And, and and that that is what I'm talking about. That that you know, I you know, Broadus told me that, that desperate Broadus, come on, you know better. <laughs> you can be as desperate you can't be desperate fifteen times a year. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Let me go through the Redskins schedule with you guys. Tell me tell me who you think's winning this game. Houston at Washington. Mm-hmm. Come on, Kurt. You're the best at this. Um, I'm taking Houston. Now, now he getting scared. Now he getting yeah, scared. Yeah, I would we take Houston. Okay. We, we putting pressure on Kurt. He getting nah, scared. He fine. ain't desperate. Think harder. <laughs> Redskins at the Cowboys. Loss. They, for them. For Redskins. That's what I'm taking. All right. Redskins at the Eagles. Loss. So you got Philly. Okay. Philly. You got the Giants at the Redskins. Redskins. Okay. You got the Redskins at the Jags. At the Jags, I guess. Redskins, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I learned that already. Redskins at the Titans. Ooh. That's going to be a bull dog Titans. Mm-hmm. Titans. And then Eagles at the Redskins. Eagles. So you got Philly beating them twice. So you got Washington beat winning two, two of their next seven. Yeah. So, so then, they're banged up. I don't – I think a little bit of their – they're doing something right, obviously. They've won six games, but I just I think it's going to catch up with them. So the Cowboys just need to win three of their next seven to be So in. what you're saying, you truly believe that nine and seven is going to win this it division? Could. Yeah, I think it could. I mean, the way it's going right now. and I, But I think the Cowboys have to win these next two games. I think they, if they don't beat Atlanta and they don't beat, obviously, Washington. Not according to what you just said. Because you said Washington's only going to win two. Two of their next seven. Yeah, but the, you, so the Cowboys just got to win three for the Cowboys to get on a roll and to gain confidence going into back-to-back Saints and Eagles. They have to win these next two. So you think they got to win the next two? Yes. I, if they have any hopes of the playoffs, they have to win the next two. I think you got to win one of the next two. No, you don't think uh, they got to win them both. Got to win them both. Yeah, they got to win the red. They got to win. See, they have to beat the Redskins. You got to beat the Redskins. They, I think you could lose to Atlanta and still okay, have a shot. Okay, let me see. Understand this right here. Take Amari Cooper away. Do you think the Cowboys are good enough to win with what we had before? 
And the answer to me was no. Mm. Right. You go out and you get a player that changes the whole dynamic of your team. Now you you go from being good enough. Now you go from being desperate because you are not good enough to being, we can play with these guys. And when you think you can play with these guys, now we can beat these guys. Mm-hmm. And it's a, di- it's a difference. If you'd have told me going into what we had before Amari got here two weeks ago, told me we're going into Atlanta and we're going to have to score 27 or more points, did you see it? Did you believe no, it? No. Now you got Amari Cooper. Now Dak is throwing the ball better. For two weeks he's been throwing the ball just a little bit better. Now he's starting to believe and trust. Now you can go into Atlanta and have a chance to win the game. Whether we win it or not, I don't know. But you know what? It's a it's a game worth watching. Yeah. I think you can play, Kurt. I think you gotta play good if you lose. I think you gotta score. You got to put 27 or more points up. I think you can still lose as long as you get this offense on track and keep it going. And the play calling feeds off what it did last weekend. I think you can, and then you can beat. Uh, I'd rather they win ugly. I'd rather them win, but I'm telling you, I think they can lose that game if they if they if they keep the offensive momentum going. Well, you got to figure. I mean, yeah, we're kind of counting out the Redskins, but you got to deal with Philly now still too. I mean, I. I just think if they don't win these two, we got Philly at home. Right. I'm okay with that. But we have to play them again. We have to play the Saints. The Saints. I think everybody's kind of like, well, we'll just mark that right. one up as a loss. That's what I'm saying. So no, I wouldn't. Don't, if you I don't wouldn't. have these no. next two, the Saints I think, come to us, right? Yeah, yeah they're here. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. The, let's see how they play against Atlanta. And, and to me, now you I, sound to, like Shannon. Let's no, see no, how they do. No, no, no. What I'm saying <laughs> is, we we talking about. New Orleans. Right. I say before we even worry about New Orleans, let's see what let's see what happens yeah. against Atlanta. And what I mean by that is, if they win, but if they win 24-21, if they win twenty-one to seventeen, as long as they win, this team will have another week with Amari Cooper, mm-hmm. with Cole Beasley, with you, with Gallup, with, your with the Hearns, offensive line, with the offensive line, mm-hmm. and we we'll have a we we'll have a, a a known backup now, whether it's whether it's the, the, the draft pick or whether it's the new kid, S- S- right. S- Lufa, S- S- whatever his name. Suafila. yeah. So we, we, all of these things are building up now to, be, to make us a better team. I'm, not, I'm talking about us being a better team. Not us saying, oh, man, wow. You know, it, it, it's, not a, it's not that anymore. It's you, when you can see tangible evidence that you, that you are a better team, does that not equate to uh, uh, confidence? You don't right. see us. At, you, quit looking at us as the team four weeks ago. I know it was an ugly loss against Tennessee, but don't look at us as a, that team four weeks ago. Look at us as of what we did. It's a new dynamic. A, yeah. yeah. It's a totally new but dynamic, I, I especially on offense. All this confidence, all this building a new team, all of this, I agree totally, but it all goes to waste if we don't win these next two games. Dis- as far as making the playoffs. And I disagree. Okay. I think as long as you – As far as making the playoffs. Yes, they, they'll become a better team. But I think, I think you can still two. make it. I think you can still right. make it. All right, let's take a break. we got somebody on the phones. When we come back, we'll get to the phones and we'll talk about uh, – I don't think we have enough time for a break. We didn't start till one one. Yeah, but we have a show coming on after us. So let's oh, go, yeah. go to the call let's and just, then we'll have to wrap it up. Let's just leave. <laughs> they go on at one thirty. Well, right? if, if, if these guys, if the, next, if the caller come on with your attitude, you're right. Let's just leave. We'll hang <laughs> right up on them. 
But if they come on with my attitude, then let's ride okay. with them. Let's see what let's attitude see, they have, Douglas. The smart person or the Shannon person? Who, who we got? We have Jay in Kansas City. Who you with, Jay? It's Jay in West Virginia. Oh, my God. So it don't That's matter. Right. Now we have to honor the call because you messed up, Doug. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, Kirk, glad to see you back, buddy. Thank you, sir. I got my mom watching your all show now, and she put Kurt onto her prayer chain. Thank you. So you should be fine and good, buddy. Love it. Thank you. Anyway, what do you think about Ciofilo? Then I'll tell you what. I think a little extra girth on that side made a big difference in our run game, which made everybody else confident. That's one thing. Shannon, pick your chin up. We're going to go in there and whip some butt when we go to Atlanta. <laughs> Let's go. Pick I'm that ready. Chin up, son. You I'm look ready. good. If you look good, you feel good. That's right, man. You feel good if you look good. He always All looks right. good. And Nate said this, and it's true. Just You might be a little overmatched here and there in some games, but if you're willing to go in there and punch that guy in the mouth every time you're on the line, we've got a fighting chance no matter where we're going. And we're going to Atlanta, and we're going to whip their butt, and we're going to move on down the road. Let's so, do it. What do you think about that? Now, what do you think about traveling Jones on Jones in this game? Who's that saying again? Who's that saying again, sir? Julio Jones. Oh, um, uh, ain't no traveling. It ain't Tyler no traveling, Jones. dog. Just traveling double team. Him him. It's called double team. Pack an extra yeah, bag yeah. lunch. That's yeah. what they call. Thanks for the call, Jay. Yeah, Appreciate you, it, man. <laughs> I tell you what, I I think. If you still had the rookie and he was healthy, I think you still should play him at guard. But I think this may be a blessing in disguise yes. to to help this offensive line get back on track. Like that's kind of a contradiction, but I think this yeah, may it did be a not good make thing. A, it did not make no sense if, if if this kid that they got in there now I can't pronounce his name Suafila if he is the better guard right now play, play him. him. Mm-hmm. Because it ain't see, but you're you, always the one that well, wants to see what, the young nah, guys nah, play. I do if they're better. If they are better, are they this far away? Mm-hmm. Play the young guy. But see, what you're trying to do is set it up so they they won't win against New Orleans, so you can still have that no, doubt in your mind. No, that's no, what you're no, trying to that's do. blasphemy. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. blasphemy. Okay, Nate. well, stop thinking that way. That's then. blasphemy. I, I'm reading you, Shannon. I'm beginning to know. What do you, you think? Man. Do you think? Do you think <laughs> I'm that? I'm beginning made, to know you, Shannon. You, do you like? How do you feel about Suafila? Oh, I'm liking what he does, but I want to see it another game. I want to see it another game. And we're going to get to see it another game. Yes, sir. How long is Williams out? Have we heard? It don't matter as long as that kid playing good. He can be out the rest of the year if that kid is playing (laughs) good. Yeah, and he probably would be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay, gentlemen. And our boy is back at tight end. Swain. Yes. Saw him today. Yeah. Said he feels better today than he did before the game. Yes, sir. So he'll be back in action. There you go. Let's go. Well, I don't believe it. Hey, you you banned from the show to after the New Orleans game. You are banned. Well, <laughs> all right. I, I need Good. you, bro. Have my lunch hour I need back. You. Tell, Have- tell your kid on bed school starting fights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for br- showing up. Nate, thanks for bringing it. Mr. Douglas, Doubtful. thanks for keeping us on the air. Kent, thanks for doing what you do. We will be back tomorrow. Chris Hall, thank you so much for showing up. We appreciate it every time you're on the air with us. Such great stuff. We will be back tomorrow tonight, happy hour, 6 to 7. Concrete Concrete Cowboy! That's it for Hanging with the Boys. Be back. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys?